Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. This show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. And let me tell you in this episode, there's a goddamn lot of it. Yes, I have, for some reason, or maybe a reason I know, uh, have been uh, uh, exposing... Exposing myself? Oh, jeez. Uh, have been exposing myself to a lot of materials. Of the, 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 the television, movie, book, game, variety, and internets. Let's not forget internets. Um, I think because I have so much, I'm going to try to get through things quickly. Uh, although every time I've ever said that, I have been unsuccessful at doing so. So, you know, fingies crossed. I should say, also that the potential exists, you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so, you know, I warn of that, in a sort of, uh, how you say, a spoiler warning. Uh? Uh. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to push a button and uh, hopefully do things quickly, like pushing buttons quick, craft Today's movie monologue sponsor is Air Traffic Control Freaks. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Bumblebee. Yes, this is not the sequel to Jerry Seinfeld's B-movie. No, rather it is one and Is it a sequel or just takes place or a prequel? Uh, uh, maybe it's a prequel. Uh, to all the various... Transformer movies. On the note of Transformer movies, they're fine. Yeah, I, I, I kind of gave up on them and, and sort of stopped watching them. Like, the first one's, you know, it's good, but do we need as many as there are? I would argue no. But uh, some people love them. And uh, on the note, this one was fine. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. If you like an action movie with big robots and and chases and, and, and fights with with the, the, the aforementioned big robots. John Cena's in it, although uh, despite being on the cover and being one of the top builds, he's not in it that much. Uh, the girl, uh, yeah, what's her name? I don't know if I've ever seen her before. Haley Steinfeld. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, she was very good. Uh, I, I enjoyed her in it. Uh, the titular Bumblebee was, uh, was, was good as far as, you know, giant robot actors go. Hey, he's one of them. Uh, so rating wise, uh, I'll go a solid three. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with my rating, uh, three I use for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, and, and this is mostly three with maybe the odd four moments and maybe some two slowishnesses 
in its, I bet you it was long, one hour and 54 minutes. Yeah, right, right about the two hour mark. And it felt like a two hour movie. <laughs> so it was okay. It was okay. Uh, moving on to Pushing Tin. Oh, from 1999, a movie about not pushing robots around, although, you know, there's sort of a connection there, I suppose. A few develops between two air traffic controllers, one cocky and determined, while the other is restrained and laid back, which inevitably affects their lives. Yeah, sort of a strange movie, this, uh, and I, 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 I had seen it. And sort of had fond remembrances of it, or remembered the strangeness of it. Uh, starring John Cusack, Billy Bob Thornton, Kate Blanchett, Angelina Jolie, just to name a four. Uh, it's a little bit romantic comedy, a little bit of dark comedy, a um, little bit drama. You know, it, it, it's an interesting. It, it's hard to put into a category, and I think. Uh, uh, long-time listeners will know I like stuff like that that sort of doesn't quite fit anything it's, it's just sort of a strange a strange movie it sort of falls under the category of um, at least this is a theory I have and I, I've had it about other movies uh, where it's like people realize that a movie has never really been done about a profession, a profession such as air traffic controlling. So then they're like, oh, you know what? Let's make a movie about that profession. And at the very least, people who do that profession profession will be interested in the movie. And uh, I kind of feel like maybe that's this. Is there another movie involving air traffic control? Um, it gets into the whole, like, how this is the most stressful job in the world sort of thing. Uh, lots of, you know, suicides, mental mental issues, and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, which I'm curious, <clears throat> when you watch this, <clears throat> excuse me, and see the technology of 1999 uh, and, and what they have to use, uh, it looks like a stressful job. I wonder if technology has helped or hindered in the sort of stress factor of this. Uh, because looking at what they had to deal with, it, it seems very confusing, and, and they're looking at very complicated screens. Maybe with sort of technological advances, they have been able to make things simpler. I don't know. But from my job, actually, technological advances have made things much more complicated. So maybe the job is even harder now. I am curious. I'll tell you what. To the no-doubt dozens dozens of air traffic controllers listening to this podcast right now uh let me know uh if you've been at the job a long time is it harder now or easier now hmm. pushing 10 gets a solid four and four yeah four plus even uh, i enjoy it for some reason that is hard to put my finger on moving on to from 2018 animal world oh this is a weird one a man finds himself deep in debt and is, is coerced to board a ship that hosts a risky gambling party. Yeah, uh, what do they gamble on? Is it poker? Is it blackjack? Is it some sort of uh, a battle royale? No, it's rock, paper, scissors. What the hell? I, that sounds like I'm joking, but no, it literally is rock, paper, scissors. Although there are some twists to it uh so basically a group of i don't know let's just say 100 to make it an even number but i think it might be yeah th that's probably pretty close uh everyone's thrown into this uh the, the, the this arena 
uh, it's not really a fighting arena. It, it's almost like a, a casino set up with blackjack tables, although the tables are set up in order to, for people to play uh, uh, very exciting rounds of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, and, and instead of doing it with your hands, they do it with cards. Um, and, and here's the, 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 the rules uh, as they're laid out. Uh, so you have three stars... And you have 12 cards, and that's what everyone starts out with, okay? You with me so far? Uh, those 12 cards, I guess, are four uh, rock, four paper, and four scissors, right? Um, you have to, in order to proceed, uh, have all minimum three stars and have no cards. And every time you lose, you lose a star. Every time you win, you gain the person's star. And and that's basically the only rules. Um, so it's a lot of, like, <laughs> the, the main character, like, doing sort of almost like a, a Sherlock Holmesian uh, of the Robert Downey Jr. variety, uh, figuring out in his mind palace the... Ma oh, well, that's the Cumberbatch. I'm getting my Sherlock's confused here. Uh, figuring out, like, the sort of different maths of how many cards are left, what's being played, uh, what cards he needs to get, because you can buy cards, you could buy... Uh, uh, you could go to the bank and sort of take out loans for this, and all these people are in sort of desperate straits. And obviously, if you lose or kicked out, the, the sort of premises that uh, you're gonna die or be uh, experimented on through genetic manipulation which I was sort of hoping that that never really came into play I was hoping like maybe um, those genetically modified humans would come out and maybe they would have like I don't know scissors for hands and and rocks for heads or something <laughs> but uh, nothing like that it, it did get crazy but but never that level of craziness uh, so animal worlds Again, long-time listener, you will know, I love a crazy movie, and this is one. So I'd go a solid 4-plus for this as well. Somehow pushing tin in Animal World similarly rated. Some of me pretending to have difficulty saying similarly was real, and some of it was false there, so I'll let you determine which was which. Moving on to Extraordinary from 2019. An Irish town, in an Irish town you call Rose, in an Irish town you call Rose, the driving instructor, if you have ghosts, etc. Although it just says, if you have ghosts, etc. Problems. Uh, Martin's deceased wife, uh, bothers him, so he calls Rose, who's single. <laughs> this is very confusingly written. Uh, uh, this is from the IMDA, of course. A levitating daughter makes him call again. Okay, so... Basically, dark comedy with some supernatural horror elements to it. To it. Um, uh, uh, first off, and foremost, of the movies of this movie monologue. Uh, this was my favorite. Yeah, uh, I think easy for me to give it a 5 out of 5. Sort of uh, dark comedy, little romance, a little supernatural, of course. Strange, funny. Uh, we've got Will Forte, For Forte uh, Claudia O'Doherty, who if you are a, 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 a podcast listener, you may have heard. Um, the, the, the two stars, uh, Maeve Higgins and Barry Ward may not recognize, I don't know, maybe they're more, uh, more well known in their field over there in Ireland. 
Um, but uh, just a great, funny, heartwarming, uh, uh, strange, darkish comedy with, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend. You know what it reminds me a little bit of? Uh, what We Do in the Shadows. Kind of a little bit of that vibe, which uh, that I know I gave a 5 out of 5, so it sort of makes sense there. Uh, recommend Extraordinary, as it is extra good. Moving on to the final film, and I do feel like I should say film here, because I uh, watched Citizen Kane <laughs> from 1941. Uh, I had never seen it. You know, it's one of those movies that uh, everyone says it's you know, the best movie ever, everyone loves it, uh, best movie ever made, blah blah blah. Uh, it's fine. Um, it, it's, I don't know, <laughs> it, it, it's hard to, I think, as a modern viewer, to sometimes dip back into a black and white movie from the 40s. Uh, it, it's good, I liked it. Like, rating-wise, I think I'd go, <laughs> giving Citizen Kane a 3 feels funny. Uh, but that's just what I'm going to do. Like, I did have enjoyment while watching, and, and I almost wish that I didn't, like, it, it's one of those movies where there's a twist or you don't really know how it's going to end, but everyone knows what Rosebud is, and the whole movie is uh, is like a reporter trying to figure out what Rosebud is, but it's famous what it is at this point, so maybe that was sort of ruined it a bit for me. I don't know. Orson Welles, uh, you know, he was good. Uh, <laughs> Orson Welles was good. It's funny because the Orson Welles I know is like the the old drunk one. So to see him be like a like an actor and, and be a good actor uh, was was unusual for me. It's not something I I was used to. Uh, maybe it's like how long is this? It clocks in at hour fifty nine. Uh, something sort of famous from a modern viewer of movies to watch a movie like this is the pacing is way different uh, and quite often slower and just I did find that and, and there was parts of the movie where I, I kind of didn't know what was going on uh, I, I don't know it, it was fine Citizen Kane is a fine movie <laughs> I'll take Talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Cucumber Rick. Thank you for your sponsorship. Speaking of Rick, we're talking Rick and Morty season four, episode one. Yes, it's back, baby. Uh, I, I think it's going to do like f uh, like five episodes, uh, I guess maybe just so people get their fix. Uh, but then that's not the whole season, obviously. Uh, so sort of an interesting way of doing it. And I have a feeling it has to do with Dan Harmon's uh, not lackadaisical, just, just like he likes to work how he likes to work. And I'm totally fine with that. If, if he wants to take his time and get things right, or if he needs to wait until deadlines to feel the pressure, uh, that makes him do the amazing things he does, why not let that happen? And, and I, I'm not one of the, the Rick and Morty fans who, like, uh, it boggles my mind that there are Seemingly, at least from his perspective, it seems like, like thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people who are constantly like tweeting at him saying like, get back to work. It's the same with uh, Game of Thrones, like, uh, like people saying, start writing. What are you doing? Why are you on this talk show? You should be writing. Uh, uh, things like that. Like, just let the artist do their art at the pace with which their art is done. How about? 
uh, episode one, loved it. Yeah, it's a sort of classic Rick and Morty, and they did something cool uh, as well, which is uh, something I'm excited about, which was probably evident from things I've said so far. And uh, they sort of set it up for season four to have things that have never been done on Rick and Morty before, sort of uh, like they're going to experiment in areas that may be different uh, from what they've done, uh, 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 and they are probably, yeah, I think I could say this, it's as if they are worried that the audience won't go along with their experimentation, which uh, is probably a valid fear, sadly, but uh, I, for one, am very excited to see some of these strange things that they uh, sort of warned are going to happen this season at the end of this episode. This episode titled, Edge of Timorty, colon, Rick Die Rick Pete. That is a title. Which is, of course, referring to the, uh, b- 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 what's his name? Center Tooth. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Center Tooth. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, if you don't know what that means, just Google uh, Tom Cruise Center Tooth, and you will know what I mean by that. So that's Rick and Morty Season 4, Episode 1. Highly recommend. Good stuff. Moving on to, as I do from time to time, some Last Week Tonight with John Oliver cleanup. Yeah, I'll uh, usually bank uh, three, four episodes and then uh, watch them all at once because they are on YouTube. Yes. Love that about John Oliver. And and one of my favorite things of that is he doesn't do like all the other goddamn talk show hosts do and break everything up into three-minute videos, which is annoying AF. Instead, he posts like 20, 25-minute videos, which is, uh, I assume, like either one whole segment or... Uh, are his shows only half hour long? I actually don't know off the top of my head. Anyways, um, the first is Trump in Syria. So needless to say, there's some shadiness <laughs> involving Donald Trump in Syria. Huh. Interesting. So I uh, recommend that one. I'm just going to go through these quickly. Uh, voting machines. Oh yeah, apparently voting machines, not always trustworthy. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and lastly, slap suits. S L A P P. What does that stand for? I actually don't remember, but they're lawsuits that people uh, sort of do, despite knowing they're probably not going to win the suits, but they do them to tie people up in courts and cost them a lot of money, which is still, you know, a pain. So imagine you're a super rich person and someone bugs you, you sue them for being dumb. Uh, that's not illegal, and uh, uh, it's a suit that's guaranteed to lose, but if you have, you know, billions of dollars at your disposal and can have this person be forced to go to court and pay court fees and pay for a lawyer and lose time off work, uh, you're doing them, you know, just as much a pain as you would if they, uh, if you had an actual suit. So, uh, you know what, I, I, I sort of thought when I was listening to this one, Shouldn't it be that if you do this sort of thing, well, they were talking about just making it illegal, which, you know, sure, that makes sense, that's smart. But what I feel like they should do is, sure, don't make it illegal, but if you lose, you have to pay all court fees, including that of the person you are, uh, you lost against. Uh, And maybe you do it even further, you have to pay their sort of salary for missed work, that sort of thing, so... You know, just a thought to fix the legal system. That's all. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> Shh. 
banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the Demon Dollar Store Deals Guaranteed. All right, uh, starting a new book series called the Demonata, which is I don't really know what that refers to, to be honest. Uh, book number one is called Lord Lost by Darren Shan, S-H-A-N. And I gotta say, after being one book in, I'm very much enjoying these books. Uh, I, I, I maybe uh, two, three chapters into book two, also good. Uh, one thing I wasn't sure of, and I can now verify, is I think they all take place in the same universe but may have different protagonists in um and, and maybe sort of a la disc world you'll revisit some of the protagonists that's the sort of gist i'm getting from uh reading so far uh let me read the goodreads for book number one lord lost to give you a little bit of an idea of what these are about uh grubbs grady has stiff red hair and is a little big for his age, which means he can get into R-rated movies. I don't remember that happening, to be honest, in the book. Uh, he hates history and loves bacon, rats, and playing tricks on his squeamish older sister. Almost none of what has, I have said so far comes into play in the, mood, in the book. Uh, when he opts out of a family weekend trip, he never guesses that he is about to take a terrifying journey into darkness. Okay. Sure, somewhat accurate. Hungry demons and howling werewolves haunt his waking nightmares and threaten his life. Okay, so I suppose this description uh, gives a good job, or does a good job at not giving away too much because most of it has nothing to do with. Uh, hungry demons is probably the only accurate sort of takeaway. And the fact that, I'll give some spoilers here to tell you the sort of just. Uh, so this kid comes home from this family weekend and finds his parents and uh, older sister being tortured and killed by demons. Demons. Like Lord Loss. Like the titular Lord Loss. Um, apparently his family is cursed with werewolfism. Or, as uh, scientifically one might say, lycanthropy. Ooh, exciting. Um, so... In order to sort of cure themselves of that, uh, it, it's interesting because not everyone in the family sort of presents with it. Like every, It's almost like they all have it, but only some of them transform. And I, I, I guess the young girl was going to uh, transform or had started to. And this is a different form uh, as well, I should say, um, uh, particular to this universe. So it's basically... Uh, the first time you turn, you fully turn into a werewolf, uh, that's it. You're, you're just a werewolf from then on. Like, uh, despite moon, uh, what fullness the moon is, you change and you never change back. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit more serious, uh, which means, uh, making a deal with a, uh, with a devil, with a demon is necessary in order to cure it. So, uh, what this family has worked out with this particular demon is a sort of tournament of chess. <laughs> chess and fighting. Oh, man, this is like, a, what was the animal? Friggin', uh, so you have a, a, a battle royale with rock, paper, scissors, and here you have uh, uh, fighting with demons and playing chess. <laughs> Strange. Um, so uh, it, it's a combination of chess matches five at one time best of three wins um played simultaneously and you can move any piece on any board one thing i wondered about that 
And the way they explained it, uh, I didn't quite get because it, 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 like you could move any piece on any board, but if I move a piece once on one board um, and, and my opponent doesn't move a piece on that board, could I go back to that board and move a piece a second time or do I have to wait for them to make a move? That would make more sense and I feel like in real life that's how a, a, a five board chess tournament would go i assume anyways uh, and then you have to fight uh, this lord losses minions which uh, I, I will say uh, uh darren shan does an amazing job at describing what these uh, creepy little demon things look like um they also left this up to have potentially uh, more things happen in this universe so uh, i feel like i haven't seen the last of grubs grady in this series although he's not in the second book uh, i should say uh, he's not the main character in the second book um grading wise ooh, can i go with five out of five Definitely some cool five out of five moments, but I think overall I'll go a four out of five. I I, I did like it, and it, it was sort of dark and, and, and grisly, which I, I feel like I haven't read many grisly books like this. So, uh, and there was a large section of like what he had seen being done to his parents drove him to the insane asylum. So there was some some stuff there. Uh, yeah, recommend Lord Loss. Why not? Today's game, Gavin, sponsor is So Long and Thanks for All the Fish Sticks. Delicious. Okay, so have the final, possibly, probably, maybe, I don't know, we'll say yes, final uh, uh, recap of my Storm King's Thunder campaign that I was a part of. Yes, uh, uh, session 10 recap I have for you here. Uh, I had to leave the campaign for mostly just time constraints and and uh, I just didn't have the, the 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 resources to devote to it this this bi-weekly game um, so you know I, I had to uh, leave it uh, I was actually supposed to play one more uh, session but uh, we'll get into that in the internet intercourse um, so, so this is the final recap of that, and I sort of wrote my character out of the story. If you're unfamiliar, if you're new here, somehow, some way, to episode 512, first of all, interesting choice to jump onto, and I appreciate that, you weirdo. Um, I write, uh, d recaps from the point of view of my character, Oxford Britannica Gnome Wizard. And that is what this is. Uh, dearest Alshanary. If I could live forever to fill your pages with all the world's knowledge, I would. It does not take a genius to realize that is very unlikely. So, when the inevitable happens, I want you to move on and find another. Equally, dearest, whoever found this book, should you not wish to take up the mantle of this tome of all knowledge, all I ask is that you try to find someone who does. The journey back to Dripping Cave is a bit of a blur, but upon arrival, my focus is immediately drawn to something that was not there last time. A post with some hobgoblin heraldry announces to us the fact that the enemies we might face are likely going to be much tougher than they were on our first expedition. With that in mind, Nadrina uses an extra bit of caution while stealthily getting the lay of the land. 
Uh, thanks to some new non-cursed dice, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nadrina was our uh, gnome rogue, and she would often <laughs> fail uh, stealth checks on some seemingly cursed dice. Uh, so one of the other players brought her a new set of dice, and I think the first roll was like a 20, and, like, and the second was like a 17. Some, something ridiculous high, so that was pretty funny. Um, she sees the bodies of the goblins and two ogres have been disposed of, and also finds a room containing a powerful-looking goblin, some minions, and some nasty-looking rodentia, a.k.a. rats. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, all these enemies in such a confined throne room give me the opportunity to test out a new spell I've been working on. Traditionally, the spell Burning Hands is, as the name implies, a fire-based spell, but my knowledge and experimentation with the weave allow me to supplant the traditional effects. And, as last time we were here, the goblins made use of poison. I thought it would be fitting to fight fire with fire by instead fighting poison with poison yeah um my wizard <clears throat> excuse me has the ability to uh once per intelligence modifier a day so that was five at this point because i had a 20 intelligence uh change the damage type of any spell level one or above so instead of fire i changed it to poison because they poisoned the hell of us last time so Anyways, uh, just as we are about to put our plan into place, a light starts to shine from the spot I, have, I had previously gathered the giant mushrooms. Uh, I noticed some of the mushrooms had grown into the form of a circle on the ground, sometimes referred to as a fairy ring. These rings can often be doorways to other realms, and more often than not to the Feywild. <laughs> when the light brightens and shoots into the air, it flies around, that momentarily distracts from the fact that now standing in the circle is an armored figure. When the fairy dust had settled, I thought for a moment it was someone I met long ago named Taco, <laughs> but it turns out to be an Aladrin elf by the name of Kirin. Oh shit, I forget if it was a hard C or a soft C. Kirin, I think it was hard. Uh, who gets immediately? Who gets immediate points from me as he unquestionably decides to help us dispose of some goblins? Uh, yeah, so that was the introduction of a new character, uh, not my replacement because no one can replace Oxford, but uh, uh, we had a new character come in because uh, I'm leaving and we had another person leave. So uh, you know, good to have a new one. Uh, and uh, he showed me a picture of his character portrait, and he was a fan of the Adventure Zone, and he, his character looked a lot like Taco, which uh, I very much appreciate, obviously. Uh, anyways, uh, the goblin boss quaffed a potion, giving him tremendous strength, which gave Sir Amarian some difficulty in the form of a knee to the dangly bits. Kiaran... Uh, I forget how to pronounce his name. Uh, managed to magically charm the creature, who then revealed his treasure room, allowing us to pilfer some really prime loot, which, as we head deeper into this cave complex, will no doubt be necessary. The goblin boss's usefulness does not last long, and the box full of humanoid heads we find in his throne room means we should all feel good about ridding the world of this evil. Uh, during the... During the looting, we get to know Kiaran a bit and learn his patron, Baba Yaga, oh yeah, uh, has sent him here for reasons. Perhaps 
when he fills out the standard forms i ask him to fill out more light will be shed insert insert backstory link here uh, regardless his helpfulness has already been obvious it is then that we realize the women children and elderly goblins we told to leave did not do so hmm the idea of poisoned mayonnaise mayonnaise is put across by someone uh, yeah that was me uh but when it comes to when it comes to light that they only stayed for fear of the priest uh, it means all we have to do is kill a priest and they will weave a win-win if i've ever heard one so we immediately head further into cave past the decidedly vaginal crevice uh, the transition from natural cavern to clearly dwarven construction happens fairly quickly. Our search for this evil priest is not so simple, so Kiaran casts an augury that gives us some direction. Unfortunately, that gives some goblins an opportunity time to set up an ambush. They likely wish they did not, though, when they get caught between the rock of a flaming spear and the hard place of Sir Amarian and Noctus. Uh, moving downward, we find our first group of hoggoblins who appear a little worse for wear in a crypt-like room. Perhaps they have helped clear some of the dangers in this area, but we only thank them with their deaths. Once they have been disposed, disposed of in a tough fight, we have time to examine a central chamber containing a, uh, a large statue depicting a dwarf seemingly defeating a fomarian, which is sort of this gross giant creature thing. Uh, with the, within the tomb of Thurdic, uh, oh yeah, and this is from the DM, uh, which I just copied and pasted from the Facebook group, um, because uh, we wanted the, it's like a riddle and uh, we wanted it sort of word for word which is always helpful with a riddle so i just copied and pasted it uh within the tomb of thurdic you have been presented with a puzzle of a statue with four missing pieces and a locked turning mechanism at its base a large statue standing on a lifted base the statue is of a dwarf with a braided beard standing upon the body of a twisted hideous fumarian uh, the dwarf's left hand is raised and his right is pointing straight ahead two ornate rods are set into the east and west side of the base two plaques with inscriptions can be found on the north and south side closer inspection of the statue reveals slots into which objects could be placed uh, in the left hand above the head uh, there's one an empty slot around the neck there's an empty eye slot of the giant and lastly an empty slot in the mouth of the giant where a tooth used to be um, south inscription reads of friends and kin i greet to see my rest you must complete what is mine thrice returned only then shall i turn protect protected i am from greed uh, the rest is worn away by time and goblin tampering the north inscription reads the honorable turn right to the lost throne of delzun by my favorite hand point me to great victory by the clock shown me the friend who passed before his time other oddities include a secret door on the southwest wall with no obvious way of opening it uh, an odd statue in the southeast corner with a grasping hand mechanism. Two statues of large warhounds, both with name 
plaques, uh, busted up flaks of some kind of energy fuel. Uh, the double metal doors in the north of the chamber are sealed with no obvious way of opening them. Um, I, uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of things to ponder, needless to say. Okay, this is back to me. A lot of things to ponder, needless to say. These small puzzles have made me reconsider the larger puzzle of how and why these monstrous giant races have joined forces. I've come to the tough realization that as much as my heart enjoys exploring the world and adventuring through tombs and caves with this team of, I will just go ahead and say it, heroes, my mind and my old bones know deep down that for the greater good I wish should return to Howling Keep and Sir Baylor. I will focus my studies there and use all my resources and contacts to dig deeper into the larger issues affecting the realm and leave the cave diving to these young folk. I do still wish to know of what adventures my now teammates get up to, not to mention the fact that the information they gather will no doubt be of use in my studies. So, with the help of the desk, I have crafted the Alshanary Junior pending DM approval, which actually he did approve. Um, it may... It has many uses, some of which I'm still developing. One, it will allow them to do as I've done and craft journal entries that recap their adventures. Two, the Alshanary and Alshanary Jr. are linked so that at the end of a hard day I can read what sort of hijinks they get up to when they write will appear in its own special section of the Alshanary Senior. Uh, that's just because I'm going to remain in the Facebook group, so uh, now I can read their recaps, uh, and it'll be, you know, part of the lore. Interesting. Three, I'm still working out the kinks, but once a day I should be able to relay any of my findings from my studies through the link. Um, this is, uh, I did this, allowing the DM to pass info on if needed. Yeah, so... Sometimes it's nice, it's very nice, for a DM to have something that they can pass on information to the party other than just say an NPC shows up and gives it to them. So I thought this might be a, a cool thing that uh, the players will open up this book they have and maybe there'll be a, a note from me, my character, my, my now NPC character, since I won't be there, uh, giving them, you know, little tips or clues or whatever. Uh, number four, the link means that information can be accessed in the Alshanary, but I'm still working out the kinks, so it may not work every time. Yeah, I just didn't want to have this be an all-the-time thing. Uh, allowing DM to give advantage on intelligence-based checks, perhaps once a day, or a percent chance of working. Just a thought, since I uh, will be losing. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was the only player with high intelligence. Everyone else was uh, kind of dumb. Uh, and not player. Uh, yeah, not player. Uh, character. I was the only character with high intelligence, not player. Oops. I didn't mean that, if any of you listen. Um, so, because they're not going to have that anymore, it might be nice to everyone. Because that's another thing. Despite, if you're a DM, and all your players have low, in, your, your player characters have low intelligence, uh, they're going to fail often on things like uh, uh, history, religion, arcana checks. Uh, and, and sometimes you need those in order to give vital information. So it's nice to have at least one character who's good at that. And that was my sort of forte. Uh, and with me not there, you're going to lose that. So I, I thought this might offset it a little bit, should he choose to use it. Which I, I hope he does, because it's sort of a cool, fun thing. And it, to be honest, makes it easier for him as well. Uh, on many levels, I hate to leave so abruptly with the puzzle of 
the seemingly rotatable statue in place, but I fear I must, and I have faith that they will be able to handle themselves no matter what they face. So I bid them goodbye there and then before I can be talked out of it. The end. Dot, 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 question mark. Huh? Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Alphabetical DM. Yeah, why not? To be honest, I didn't uh, get a sponsor for Internet Intercourse. I'm just seeing so. Might as well be that. I'll sponsor it myself. Yes. Okay, just two plus two, three items. Got a, got a short, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, I, I just wanted to talk about the aforementioned alphabetical DM. Um, so, if you uh, haven't heard yet, I have uh, started a YouTube series uh, called the Alphabetical DM. Please go over, check, 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 check it out. Uh, uh, like, subscribe, all that garbage. Um, basically, what it is, I am uh, rating similar to how I rate things here, AKA nonsensically, um, all the monsters, spells, and locations that exist within the Forgotten Realms. And I'm guessing, you can guess which order I'm doing it in. <laughs> oh God, these sentences. Uh, yes, alphabetically. Uh, I, I'm also, uh, every episode I'll, I'll have sort of a main subject. So um, uh, the one that just dropped, episode three, was uh, rules versus fun was the sort of main subject. Um, and, uh, I, the very, I, I just want to talk about my experience with it so far. Uh, I did something called, uh, Sprizzy, which, uh, basically does sort of targeted, uh, YouTube advertisements for the first episode I did that. I, it's just my, my sort of theory, like, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to work to get, uh, long-term viewers necessarily like people who uh, watch the first episode and and like it enough to subscribe and will watch every episode i, I don't it could happen it's, it's possible that it would happen we'll say uh three episodes in so that's three weeks in because i'm doing one episode a week i've got about 30 subscribers so uh, I, I feel like if i didn't do this i could be at you know zero views and zero subscribers for a long time um it, it's just i wanted to start with a good base uh, because uh, there's there's that thing that uh, people won't subscribe to a channel that has no subscribers. There, there's some sort of scientific study of that phenomenon. So uh, I, I, I paid this company to do some targeted advertising for the first episode, which got me, uh, you know, a lot of views, uh, a lot of likes, uh, and those 30 subscribers... Uh, three episodes in now which uh, you know why not uh, it's just a, a, I thought a, a good base might be a, a smart thing to do so it's not like something I'm going to do every time or long term it's just sort of a one-time thing to start off um, hopefully well who knows who knows uh, one thing I, I just just did want to say on uh, episode three got my first YouTube comment and Hold on to your butts on this one. It was a positive YouTube comment. What the hell? 
Yeah, uh, pretty incredible. Uh, I was happy about that. Uh, there is some dread of uh, reading YouTube comments because there are uh, sort of, inf I was going to say famously, but infamously uh, horrible to read. Uh, so to have my first one be a, a, a kind one uh, was 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 cool, and I very much appreciated it. Um, uh, and it was someone who had clearly watched it as well because they mentioned something from the video. And uh, I, of course, replied to it, which I'll probably, uh, as long as I'm able to, uh, reply to all comments is my plan. Uh, you know, I mean, all nice comments, of course. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to say alphabetical DM. It's going well. Three episodes in. Um, I have ten recorded. Uh, one dropping every week, so I'm going to have to start recording one soon. Though The only thing that hasn't happened so far that I was hoping would happen is I do a viewer question segment. Uh, for the first 10, I just pulled questions from D&D uh, related questions from Facebook groups uh, with the hope to one day be able to pull questions from the comments of the YouTube videos, but I uh, haven't had any of those yet. So, you know, maybe one day I will, but uh, in the interim, uh, there's a crap ton of questions in Facebook D&D groups that I can pull from. So it's, it's not a must, it's just uh, something that would be nice. Capiche? Moving on to two more D&D things. Uh, the Unearth Icona class replacement slash enhancement options just came out, from my perspective. And they are pretty, pretty interesting. Um, I wonder if it's something they're going to pursue in future. Normally, uh, when it comes to D&D, your sort of base class have been uh, untouchable. The, 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 they have them. That's what they are. Don't do anything with them. Uh, unless you want to do home through homebrew things, but these are like official, they're not official yet, but potentially official changes to the base classes, which is something, uh, I bet you some hardcore people are not happy about that. They're even considering things like this, but I think it's a uh, very, very smart because there are classes, uh, Ranger in particular, is sort of the famous one that don't get played very often because, um, they're, they're just not as powerful, fun, developed feeling uh they're just a little lacking compared to some of the other ones which when you have the sort of breadth and depth of uh these rule sets and these class types it's going to impossible it's basically impossible to have everything completely balanced so uh, uh the fact that they're making efforts to balance uh, why is that a bad thing right um, it's making things like the aforementioned ranger, uh, a, a more valid option. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think it's a good thing. And I also think that something I like about them is just sitting and reading them and, and, and not even necessarily with an eye for wanting to use them just for an eye on game mechanics and, like one something I like to do in my game is create uh, different mechanics for different things that don't exist, homebrew mechanics. So to see the the, the makers of the game that I'm doing it for actually do this uh, is very cool and helpful to me, and, and and gives me lots of ideas. So for that alone, even if I don't use them, uh, uh, very fun stuff, and I very much like it, and I'm and I'm excited about it. So I bring it back here because that's what I do. Um, moving on to not another team deep podcast episode 82 ring of violence the hellfire chronicles yes I haven't brought uh, back nadpod in a while but uh, i'm a regular listener and uh this episode in particular got me through as podcasts are want to do some tough 
times, I suppose you would say. Um, the missus, she, uh, last Sunday, from my perspective, uh, every Sunday she uh, takes horseback riding lessons. And uh, this past Sunday she fell off, which uh, it's, I think she's actually fallen off once before, but uh, it wasn't so bad. Uh, or maybe it was she almost fell off. But this time she fell off and it was bad. Uh, which is a worry I've always had um, of, of getting a call while she's there. Uh, of, and then, uh, yeah, it, it's just something, I'll, you know, as a, as a worrier, you're going to worry about your wife going horseback riding, right? Uh, so when I saw a call come in from the stable that she rides at, uh, I immediately was like, oh, shit, what the, what the hell happened? Uh, also, why is it coming from the stable and not her cell phone? That was another, like, oh, God, is she dead? That was the first friggin' thought. Uh, not dead, but also very much hurt because she broke her pelvis, which, um, apparently, I, I have much knowledge of pelvic breakage now than I, than I ever thought I would. There's, uh, there's basically, uh, two types of breaks. There's, uh, the, both of them bad. One of them, you know, it's it's broken. It's not like they could put a cast on it. It's going to be, you know, 8 to 12 weeks before it's fully healed. And you're, uh, at least for the first couple of weeks, going to be in excruciating pain. So, luckily, that's the one we got. <laughs> uh, the bad one is, uh, apparently there's lots of things in your sort of hip and pelvis, like uh, nerves and, and, and blood flow and veins and such. Which, uh, you know, I wouldn't think they were in the pelvis, but apparently they are. Uh, so if, if that gets broken, you can die. Uh, so it wasn't that kind of break, and, and it needs surgery. Uh, so, so we got lucky in that it's the, the, the non-life-threatening break, but that was a worry for a while, uh, for, for days. We just found out uh, yesterday, actually. Was it yesterday? No, it was the day before. Um, that it wasn't that kind of break. So uh, why am I bringing all this up? Because... Uh, as I had all these worries and, and sort of thoughts and, and, and anxieties and fears and, and just horrible thoughts and stuff, I uh, listened to this episode, uh, did something I, I very rarely do, but uh, it's almost like I felt I needed it for some reason. It was, it was sort of an interesting sensation. Is uh, I, I turned it off the two times speed, uh, put it on the one time speed, uh, just lied in bed with it on and listened to it, and it just sort of like really took me away from all my thoughts there. So uh, a, a sincere thank you to not another D and D podcast in general, but uh, because of helping me through that. Uh, with just its D and D fun and funniness, uh, I wanted to throw it a, a very sincere thank you because it uh, helped to get through that when I was trying to put on a, a brave face where I didn't actually have a brave face. Uh, you know, thank you. Needless to say. <laughs> Yes, a bonus section. We did it. God, this is a long episode. I warned. I did warn. We're at 50, 50 minutes already. Okay, so I'll try to do these quick. Uh, and I could have uh, debated doing so, putting this in the game Gavin segment, because it would fit there. Uh, I did, as I do from time to time, a bit of a VR cleanup. Yes, uh, VR games, uh, like free ones, and some of them are not necessarily games so much as experiences. Um 
and then I'll, I'll play a bunch at once. Like, uh, very rarely will I, I'll get one and play it. It's just sort of how I end up doing it. Maybe it's because the, the setup for VR games is a little more than just a regular game. And also the fact that uh, normally, as you no doubt know, when I play a video game, I'll be watching a movie or a television show and vice versa. Uh, whereas with VR, can't really do that. So you got to devote all your attention to it, which, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just is a thing. So... Um, what do we have here? A game the first, and I suppose this is an act, is actually a game. Although I didn't get into it necessarily because it's started, uh, uh, yeah, actually of these, yeah, uh, of all of these, this is the only one that started to make me feel sick. <laughs> VR sickness. Uh, 5089 Action RPG. Uh, I'll read the steam here. I don't know. This doesn't sound accurate. Is a deep and complex action RBG featuring strong sandbox roots. VR is supported, but not required. Hmm. Uh, everything is procedurally generated, like the train, enemies, weapons, items, and quests. Mm hmm. I didn't find any quests. Planet Czar's War rages on. How is that possible? Yeah, this is uh, interesting. I think because it's, uh, well, uh, you know what I'll tell you, and maybe this will be a good emphasis. This is only cost $9 on Steam, and for a, a VR game to be only $9 is unusual and probably not a good sign. Now, it, it's cool, it's fun, it's just the motion, uh, like I'm, I'm just watching, uh, watching it right now, and remembering and the thing about vr sickness motion sickness is you can't power through it like that's impossible if you try you will it'll just get worse and worse and worse don't that's my one piece of vr advice like my number one vr advice if you start feeling sick stop because it won't get better <laughs> um yeah so i had a gun and i don't really know what it did uh there was weird blobby bad guys around at least i think they were bad guys uh, I, I didn't really understand it and i didn't really like it so plus the vr sickness so i'll probably just go like a a 1.7 mm -hmm, 1.7 moving on to caliban below yeah, this is more of a experience. A short interactive story for room scale VR. Become Caliban the Skion. I forget how to say that. Pronounce that. Skion. S C I. I don't know. Uh, struggling to understand your dark inheritance. Explore the ruins of the family estate in the incredible realm below. Seeking clues to your past. I didn't really feel like I was seeking anything uh events that served you and your family long ago yeah so there was one creepy part where this like face this disembodied smoky face sort of flew up in front of my face that that part was pretty creepy but basically you're just sort of walk oh it's free okay um so basically you're just walking around this sort of creepy landscape uh, and they do in this one what they should do in all VR games, as far as I'm concerned. The walking is teleportation-based. Like any, uh, That's the only way I feel like to not have motion sickness, or, or at least the best way I have seen. Uh, Rating-wise, yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was short, but uh, free. Hmm, take that into account. I'll go with solid four. Yeah, uh, it was beautiful and creepy. 
uh, and the story was sort of interesting the the voice acting good yeah why not especially for free check it out uh moving on to cave digger <laughs> uh cave digger is a virtually reality mining game yeah so basically you're in this uh mine shaft uh, in like an elevator and you'll you'll go down and stop uh at say four segments per uh yeah like you'll go down and stop four times and each time you stop you'll be surrounded by rock walls that you can break up in various ways so for example uh the first few you're just gonna have a pickaxe and you'll swing your pickaxe uh, at the walls uh, and when I say swing your pickaxe, you know, you have a motion control in your hand and you're literally swinging your hand in the air <laughs> and on the screen as a pickaxe. Uh, and then when the rock breaks, maybe some gold will come out and you'll pick the gold up and, and put it in the center where it sort of collects it. And then um, you'll do that four times and then you'll end up, then you'll go back up and you'll be able to spend your gold on, you know, a better pickaxe or some dynamite. One thing that was kind of fun about the dynamite is it didn't hurt you. So uh, what I would do is light the dynamite and then just hold it in my hand and like thrust my hand into the wall. And that seemed to work pretty well because then it would break up large sections of the wall. Um, and, and then you get things like a, a, a buzzsaw because uh, the pickaxe or dynamite would break some of the relics. Uh, so you need, would need to carefully cut them out. Those sort of interesting uh, it, it's basically just that over and over, rinse and repeat, but it is fun, and uh, you don't have to move around a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have to stand up, and, and you're sort of managing what's in your hand and what you're going to do next. Uh, it was fun, yeah, I, I, I recommend, and how much is this one? 20 bucks? Yeah, see? Um, much, uh, never felt sick, uh, I guess probably because you're not really moving around. So for that one, I'll go a solid 3.9. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, moving on to Heart of the Emberstone colon Colosseum. Okay, losing a mark for the name right there. Colosseum gives you a telekinetic playground to wield a mystical power, solve puzzles, and meet the beast in a slice of fantasy from the VR world of... Yeah, so I just played the... I guess this would be the demo version... Um, which is free and made me realize the full version. I wonder how much is the full version? Let's just, uh, yeah, see 30 bucks for the full version. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense because, uh, you, you could tell, uh, this one was much more flushed out and I will say the, the feel of VR, uh, you sort of have to out thrust your hands and then use the grip buttons. And something I liked about it was heavy objects felt heavy. Uh, which was pretty incredible. Um, just in the way they moved and the way you had to move your hands in order to move them, like there was a real sense of weight there, which is uh, pretty incredible that they managed to accomplish that. So say you just pick up like a, 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 a desiccated body, <laughs> which you do, and sort of like fly it around. It would go flinging across the, uh, across the arena. But then you pick up a, a, a giant... Uh, giant boulder and, and you really got to sort of work it and work it slowly or else it's not going to move uh it was fun uh this one uh, oh yeah then there was like the puzzles to open doors and chest where you're sort of moving a ring 
through tunnels and trying not to get it to hit things. That, that was really a, a cool mechanic as well, and, and was tricky enough to be a little frustrating sometimes, but uh, when you got it done, you felt really good. Uh, of the games, this I think was maybe my favorite, so I'll go like a solid four for this one. Moving on, last but not least, Google Spotlight Stories colon Pearl. Emmy Award in Interactive Storytelling, Oscar nominee, Best Animated Short. Yeah, you know what? I believe that because it was very good, very moving, musical, also free, I see. Uh, I don't know if it was... Uh, I feel like early mornings on a Sunday, I'm like extra emotional or something because uh, it did make me cry. Uh, just a, a beautiful uh, story uh, that all takes place in you're basically sitting in the passenger seat of a car and watching the life unfold of this young girl until sort of old age and what she goes through the the titular pearl i do imagine just a beautiful thing to behold period but feel like you are a part of it just like really grabbed a hold of me for some reason and i wasn't expecting it either so maybe that's why it hit me so hard uh recommend ghoul spotlight stories colon pearl that's it folks we did it made it to the end an hour-long goddamn episode <sighs> did not mean to do that mm. what happened to going quick i done fudged up folks it's nice to be nice to the nice this is the end of the show a sincere thank you for listening time to plug some things and i do not mean but you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper